How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? This is Christian with Liberty After Dark. This is part three of the Young Bucks, our conversation with Derek and Brian. Fantastic conversation. This is a good way to wrap it up. We talk about the Green New Deal. We talk about some economics and some presidential candidates, and I get to share some dark, dark thoughts with all of you. In all seriousness, though, I won't take any more of your time. I hope you guys enjoy the show. I did my own outro for the live stream, so you're not going to hear another pre-recorded segment uh before that so i hope you guys uh enjoy uh what were we gonna talk about when you came back uh green new deal oh yeah, yeah. i'll let yeah. you go ahead and take it away since you proposed the topic sure i want to see how um, frame it so i kind of feel like the rollout was not very good um what That's i will say <laughs> Well, what I will say, though, is that, like, there's a lot of bold, ambitious goals, and some of it is scientists are already saying we need to do. Like, I don't know if we can have a 100% renewable energy infrastructure in the next 20 years. Probably not, but we might as well try to shoot for it. That was like, a 10-year time frame in the original draft. All of that shit was in a 10-year time frame. I don't see it done by 2029. No. Yeah, no. That being said, I don't know. You can kind of view it from, especially from my perspective on the left, it's like you might as well set your goals like pretty much beyond reach so that you can kind of meet somewhere in the middle. Because if you think about what we've had before this, when we've talked about dealing with climate change, it's basically been people like Jim Inhofe throwing a snowball on <laughs> the floor of congress so i don't know in some ways it's refreshing in some ways i also think they need to start gearing up to be more realistic about their goals like they talked about uh making air travel in the u.s obsolete with high-speed rail like it'd be great to have high-speed rail that you know i could go to from boston to dc in three hours that'd be amazing but like, you need to also be realistic about that. You can't just snap your fingers and make that happen. Like, I want us to, you know, do better about carbon emissions and whatnot. And, they're, and I mean, they have a point that when they, they call it the Green New Deal, you can do a lot of different programs with jobs and whatnot and create renewable jobs. There's more jobs in renewable energy than there is in things like coal. So, I don't know. Some of it I liked. Some of it is probably pie in the sky but i don't know we need some elements of idealism in my to deal with climate change we're kind of fucked i mean there's nothing wrong with idealism i mean i describe myself as an ideologue i don't ever expect to see Ankapistan. if i if i see the way, the beginnings of it by the time i die i'll consider that mission accomplished for me but yeah, yeah, possible who knows who knows but you know i i don't think it's gonna happen in my lifetime but you know, I agree that, like, if you have a set of ideas that you believe in, you should be shooting for them, even if they are kind of fucking crazy. Like, if we tried to start in, I, I always say, like, if we tried to start in Capistan tomorrow, it would exist for a day. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's a process. But uh, getting into the Green New Deal a little bit, um, before we start really digging into, like, the bullet points of it, you know, I don't have any problem with it being, like, a conceptualization. None of this is, like, hard or anything. It's just kind of a goal we're setting, blah, blah, blah. But um, I know this is – so 
unpopular opinion in this group. Cl- climate change is real. Okay. Climate change is happening. It's fine. I, I don't think it's going to wipe out humanity or ruin the earth if we make if we make necessary corrections in a reasonable time frame. I think there's a lot of exaggeration. And there even in the scientific community, it's it's not like tomorrow if we don't stop the coal everyone dies okay <laughs> we can make we can really fuck the planet up don't get me wrong true we could make life a lot shittier than it has to be for a lot of people i'm not saying it's that going, well, it's already going to be a lot shittier regardless of what we do yeah but that's the reason that like we should have been doing stuff 20 years ago like we need to start doing something yeah i think it's just at this point we're just pushing the timetable closer and closer the less we do that's really all we're yeah. doing like what is the point of no return? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't and, think we're we're not there yet. I don't, you know. I th- we should talk about it seriously yes. though. Yeah, like half the world's population lives near water. Like it is going to produce some of the worst storms and some of the worst climate crises where pe- there's drought and probably will by extension make wars more brutal. Maybe wars for water. I don't know. We're just going to have to deal with, and I don't know, migration for that matter. Is huge issue. Like, like, we're already kind of, you see what's happening in Europe right now. Migration crisis. It's yeah. going to be that, like, times 100. I don't know. What crisis is going on in Europe? Immigration. Oh, Immigration. yeah. With all the people that are fleeing sub-Saharan Africa, Middle East, and whatnot, it's causing all sorts of just, I don't know, it just very rough debate right now in Europe. There's the rise of the far right again. All sorts of things are just, you know, going all over the place. So, I don't know, I just look at climate change as something that's just going to exacerbate every other issue we already have trouble dealing with. And if you want to have a free market, you're going to have to deal with it, too, because it's just going to wreck our ability to produce resources. Well, so yeah, in the long, it's it's got to be addressed. If we don't move to renewable energy, the resource war will be the last war in human history. I'm pretty I, I that's been a popular opinion for like the last 50, 60 years. I, I don't have any issue with saying that the resource war will be when. If it doesn't wipe out humanity, it will be unrecognizable. So, because <laughs> a lot of people are going to fucking die. Because at yeah. that point, you're talking about like survival of nations. You're not just talking about like, I want this territory. You're talking about people fighting for their freaking lives. Yeah. It's like, will I be able to feed this many people with what I have if I don't plunder over there? Yep. Basically. Yeah. And that's a. Uh... Yeah. So we need to avoid that. Um, and one thing that always I, I got, I can't, I, 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 I'm trying to do everything I can. We've, we've got to break the nuclear stigma. Nuclear yeah, power I, is, is right in front of us. And even, even on the left, get, there's a lot of pushback. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, like the, the there's new, a little bit of mongering over the meltdowns and whatnot. The, which like it, it is a serious thing to deal with that type of pollution, but it can be done extremely efficiently. I think people's opposition on the left with regards to climate change is that making those reactors could take, could take decades, even just the approval of them. So I think more people are pushing for like uh, wind energy and solar 
geothermal or whatever. Which are all fine. I'm not, I mean, you know, it's great. But I'd like to have solar panels on my house, you know? Yeah, I should have more supplement. Yeah. We shouldn't just be thinking about right now. You know, we got to think. We also have to meet the energy demands of the increasing population, too. So we've we got to be thinking about that as well. And if and we want to move off of coal and natural gas and petroleum and stuff like this, we're going to need some large centers of power production. And even right. even, uh, even solar panels or solar farms, are, you know, for how for how much money you put into them, you have to have a very large collection center to meet something like what a coal plant can produce. So. Mm-hmm. Something we have to consider. Yeah, and I feel like solar, wind, and hydro—they can only supplement the power needs, whereas yeah. they can—they can't—they can't take the whole brunt and provide. Eventually, maybe, but our in, our energy infrastructure is based on oil and gas. There's no denying that, and it's geared toward that right now. I think some of that. Like I, I know you've talked about like crony capitalism in the past and free market competition and whatnot. For a while, the oil and gas pretty well, but no, even now you're seeing market forces are driving coal to the like the fringe almost. Like it's becoming a less viable energy source because of things like fracking or even just renewable jobs and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So it, it does. It is sort of a regional thing too. Like. You're not going to get solar energy near the Arctic Circle in Canada or whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's tough. Like, so I think, I hope some of it does come through the free market, though, because we're going to need technology like carbon capture. We're going to need better fuel efficiency. We're going to need better battery life, more energy efficiency in, in general in our buildings our outlets and technology so really we got to just be doing more on all fronts i'm a pretty big elon musk fan but you know even separating my personal you know i wouldn't what's it go admiration of the guy and his weird mind uh the work he's done with tesla on and, and uh what what is the name of his solar and electrical company that he has um where they 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 created like the compact battery cell that you can like build into a wall that could store like three days of average usage of electricity for a home. I'm pretty sure it's Tesla as Okay, well. so it is through Tesla. I thought it was a separate company, but yeah. So like they have the is wall units into the house or something. Yeah, yeah. You can also buy them yeah. separately to where it looks like it's like uh you know it looks like an art piece almost, but it's like this big black square on your on like a hallway or something. And it almost uh, looks like those like rooftop storage things for your cars except like shinier and nicer yeah exactly and you know you can get them in like four different sizes or whatever but like the big one is supposed to be able to power a family of like four in a two-story house with ac and all the appliances running for like three days we've never seen that kind of battery capacity available to a home in any sort of like reasonable price point and now people can do that and that's made solar even more viable and uh right we're seeing wind turbines that are all – this is all done through the free market that are like personal home-sized – the uh, like the triple helix turbines that they have that are yeah. pretty compact but produce almost the same amount of output as like a propeller-driven one. Uh, those those are fantastic. I'd love to have something like that you know, either on or near my home, like smack some solar panels on there, get the battery cell going, have the wind turbine. You live on the coast and like – 
Texas, you get the wind when it's dark or uh, when it's cloudy. You get the solar panels whenever, you know. And obviously, you'll. I don't know if it's – usually, solar panels can produce enough electricity for a home. So centralizing a lot of this stuff will be good. I do believe that. Or minimizing, you know, bring it down to the individual level. The more we can promote yeah. that, the easier it's going to be on the national. Yeah, I think power companies probably are, you know, aversive to that happening. Oh, they want to just getting that bill every month. So, I mean, if we could do energy independence like that, where your own household produces all the electricity you need, that'd be incredible. Like, that would be a pretty uphill battle dealing with utilities, but I think it would be worth shooting for. Screw utilities. And Don't get over it. And I feel like we just need to become less wasteful as a society to keep moving forward with that. Yeah. You know, Americans are bad about that to be honest yeah i mean we're a consumer-based society we're going to be wasteful true we don't need to be planned obsolescence society at the same time (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i think that's definitely like viable options though the solar and the uh geothermal tidal um i saw in some country they're using those uh those triple helix uh, wind turbines, and they would just put them on the highways in the middle barriers, and like just the wind from the cars passing would drive them. And I was like, that's pretty brilliant. Maybe smaller scale versions of wind turbines could, I don't know. I'm sure someone smarter than me has already thought of that and proved why that just wouldn't work, but maybe that could be like very cost effective way to do it. Who knows? They don't produce as much electricity. That's the issue. And you're kind of, yeah. I mean, really, you're kind of buying. Like, if, if you're looking at just from, like, an analytical cost perspective, they're not feasible at the moment. But, you know, solar panels are finally profitable, reasonably so. For, you know, if you if you make a decent income, you can, if you want to invest some money into it, do solar panels and negate your electrical bill. You'll get paid by the electrical company, for fuck's sake. So, I mean. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, my... Uh, my, not my family, but one of my friend's parents, you know, he got like a big bonus from his work and they had money saved up and he was like, all right, we're going to integrate solar panels. And now that we can do solar tiling. Wow. Like that, that's a big deal right there. You know, you can interchange out specific cells if they get like damaged or something like that. Like that's, that's a big deal towards building renewable homes. Definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and it's just going to get better over time it's just gonna keep getting better it has been when we were kids like solar panels sucked let's just be honest here like pretty much nasa used them and you had like the first farms building up and even the the technology has improved so much that the first generation solar farms are having to be replaced because the new solar cells that are coming out are so efficient it justifies them essentially rebuilding the entire farm because they'll make that much more money off of it wow so you know, as the technology progresses, it's just going to keep getting better. But we need these fucking thorium reactors, for God's sake. Like, they're pretty much, you you have to, like, purposefully sabotage them to make them over, uh, to uh, go critical. And, like, there's, there's no reason we shouldn't be putting money into it right now, except for the fact that, like you were saying, it's become so difficult to implement because of the fear surrounding it. Um. The first demonstration of a thorium reactor was a simulation of, uh, it was like a, a model. It was like a simulation of what would happen. And basically like the salt plug melts, it all falls and it all gets neutralized. And then 
all you're out is the thorium, which, yeah, okay, thorium's expensive, but uh, going critical versus, you know, having to buy new thorium, I think I know which one I'd pick if I was the company, so. Yeah, like nuclear, like fissionable material or something? Yeah, or? thorium, yeah, you, you get an isotope of thorium, and it's, it's a lot more stable, first off. You have to, you introduce, uh, it's not inherently uh, radioactive, so it's safe to handle uh until you energize it and then what you do is you shoot a freaking laser beam at it and you energize it and it just takes it just takes like an initial knock of energy and it all be, it becomes reactive material then and it starts uh going through radioactive decay and then you can use it just like a normal one and uh <clears throat> it uh whenever it goes critical you you put a salt plug in the bottom of it and it, you can drop the entire thing and you can end the the radioactive decay cycle with a neutralizing agent so it's it's like pretty much impossible unless you sabotage it to make it go critical <laughs> some of the coolest tech i've seen in like 20 years could could change the world i've heard some people even say like if we figured out the key to nuclear fusion we'd never have to worry about energy again but who knows how long like the barrier to get there is probably about 100 years whereas it's been fission that they that we've relied yeah. on right fission okay. yeah Apparently, fusion, in theory, could provide all the energy we would need, but... It's a fucking mini sun. Like, hell yeah, we could... <laughs> it's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, then space mining will be profitable, because we'll need deuterium from the moon. And then freaking Tesla's go, or uh, SpaceX is going to be right there, man, with that BFR. He's like, load up the space rocks, baby. We're going back to Earth. <laughs> I'm about to make some freaking change. Got some space rocks. Yeah. I guess uh, to bring that back, do you think, like, uh, the free market will ultimately be the answer with the case of climate change, or do you think that government probably will need to do something eventually? Um, or the Green New Deal and whatnot. What's what's the best? You know, so obviously I'm trying to avoid beep boop free market great laissez faire. You know, um, because I I feel like it's an easy trap to get into. So you know, I'm kind of guessing myself as I am about to give you an answer. But I I think we've set up the framework now that we have a society that rewards like as a populace we've 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 gotten to the point where we actively reward people who are moving towards renewable energy and stuff like that. that's like half the reason why tesla is out of the bottomless well of debt that well it's not completely out but it's getting there that it was in because uh people were like well these electric cars actually like work and they have a decent range and they're really nice and they can fill the role of like a normal commuter vehicle for people who live in, in cities. And even if you live outside of a city, it's got like a 300 something mile range and you can charge it in a couple hours. That's fucking amazing. You know, <laughs> uh, and they've been rewarded through the market. Uh, you know, it was, was it a government operation that helped to facilitate that? Yes, they, they did bail out Tesla. I'm not going to pretend like government didn't have any role in that, but obviously the space, you know, they the oil companies out plenty yeah. of times. Exactly. But just sort of, you know, when it's a national security resource type level. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, eventually what's going to happen unless things change is that the U.S. is going to stop. Like, I, I'll be honest. I don't even think the left is really considering the implications of, uh, 
you know, it, it, like let's say we get we cut our petroleum yeah, intake, huh? A little, you cut off a little bit. What'd you say? The implications of what? Well, I, I stopped myself. I kind of redirected. Oh, it showed you talking, but the mic like cut off. That's why I was wondering. Okay, yeah, the the implications of cutting our petroleum intake and our oil oh, yeah. intake. OPEC's not gonna like that. Well, that's that's why I want to get on renewable, so we're not beholden to the interests of countries who don't share the same values as us and aren't necessarily good allies just because they have oil. If we do it, we we need to do it fast. Because like once once we get to the point, like I honestly think it's almost a, a good strategy to just kind of hang off. Like let's let's do some nice things now. Let's get everything that we need and in, in, get all of our ducks in a fucking order, and then we just we do it. We we do this like ten year plan or something like that. But we need to have everything accessible. Right now we don't even have that. It's not feasible at the moment. But let, let's say you know we have all of our ducks in a row, and we're like, okay, we can do this now. We have everything is available. All the technology is there. We have the resources we need to do this. Let's let's make the big push to start going renewable because. If it's not a quick transition, we're gonna have we're gonna have some problems. We're gonna have some problems with the U.S. dollar. Oh, I don't care what we do; the U.S. dollar is gonna tank. I think I I hope we can all agree on this, right? Like the the U.S. dollar is an oil backed currency. So when when the U.S. cuts its oil consumption by whatever the ridic ridiculous amount that renewable energy will end up doing, it's gonna fucking hurt a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're also the biggest oil producer in the world at a time when countries that were, you know, third world countries during the Cold War are now trying to industrialize and they're depending on oil to build up their economies. And that's not any fault of their own. Like, it's just what's out there and what they had available to them. But if, I don't know, if first world countries are going to try to cut their emissions at the same time developing countries are increasing their emissions, yeah, we're going to have a tough time dealing with that, I think. Yeah. And you know, I know China has gotten some praise recently because they just opened up like two solar farms or something, but it, it always kinds of kind of pisses me off when people are like, yeah, good job, China pat on the back. You opened up two new solar farms and it's like, yeah. And they opened up 20 coal plants the same yeah. day, you know, yeah, it's mostly just publicity stuff. Yeah. It's that's what it is. It, it's, it's deceptive too, because like their population is growing so quickly, or at least it was growing so quickly, and the demands that they need to meet are enormous. So when you open up like a couple of new solar farms, and I think they opened up like a massive hydro dam, the biggest in the world, um, but you're also opening up all these coal mining facilities. Like it's not you're kind of getting lost in the bigger picture just by the virtue of the fact that like oh look at this advancing green technology yeah like you're still the the uh the addition to the smog that they just added like at the same time yeah we get that here i mean like i'm damn near yeah. close to saying this is a fucking nap violation yeah, yeah. Like the yellow, it's, it's like it's like saying, "Look how cost-effective these bullets are," and then just shooting into a crowded area. <laughs> like, see, but look at the bullet; it's, it's worth it. Weren't you saying the smog, like, was? Oh uh, yeah, I think it was Brian was telling me the other day the smog was like 
visible when you landed in Japan or something like that. No, well, that was in Beijing, but you could we get pollution here from China. We yellow get yellow dust. dust that covers shit. It looks like pollen, but it's actually just coagulated pollution particles. Oh God! Yeah, it's 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 gross, man. My yeah. first month of me being here was like the worst it's been in a long time, and everything everything was just coated in yellow. Like they had to. Our filtration Can't. system in the building, they uh, they put us in CPS for like three days, which is like where everything's airtight because the filtration system in the building wasn't good enough and it was like putting yellow dust in people's rooms. That's insane. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Like that's why I said like this is damn near a nap violation. Like this is like yeah. taking years off of people's life who have no consent to what this other country is doing. Like that's yeah. I mean, that's when you get into the issue of like energy production in another country is going to affect other countries and like how does it it's like the international agreements are already shaky enough like how do we get to an agreement here i think the paris climate accords were like a good step in the right direction but like i'm hoping that they like when push comes to shove when it's actually time to enforce when it's actually time to meet the goals like all the nation states that are huge emission producers, including us, will step up. It's it, time will tell, I guess. Well, we're not yeah. even remotely close to the UN's projections they put no. up in like 08. We're we compared to what they wanted from us, we haven't done anything. But it's I mean, so my biggest complaint with the Paris Accords, you know, like let's let's just pretend that the entire U.S. all unanimously agreed like we need to do the paris accords and we signed up for it none of it's binding it's just like it's like a it's like a bro code it's like hey bro i'm, yeah. gonna, give you, I'm gonna give you a million dollars bro and you're like bro and we fist bump and then one day you're like bro you said you were gonna give me a million bucks and i was like yeah. <laughs> it's like i didn't sign a contract like there's nothing binding me to giving you a million dollars we just like bro fisted and we were like yeah you're like oh you're so great and i'm like yeah i know i'm great i signed it signed you know we, we did the bro code that's basically what the paris agreement was which is my biggest criticism if we're going to do something like this and it has, has the, a pretty universal backing behind it well i say pretty universal there's still some people who have their head in the sand but it needs to be binding for everyone involved and i'm not so much concerned about us i'm more concerned about other parties that i'm not so sure that we're there that would uh go through with the Paris Agreement. Like, Syria signed it? <laughs> North Korea signed it, I think. Yeah. They can't even build fucking roads. Like, <laughs> I mean, what, what, yeah. what, you really? You expect these people to... I think the least you could say is it's like a public acknowledgement from like international consensus that this needs to be dealt with and we're going to do something about it. That was the but UN just like, too. Just, that yeah, was all voted well, on. And that's the thing. Just like the UN, it doesn't have like teeth. It's not going to necessarily be enforced just by people's own goodwill. So I don't know. I forget the specifics of like the Kyoto Protocols. Do you remember that? When I think Bush rejected those. Yeah. Um I forget what that was exactly. Something to do with climate change. So, like, there's been attempts to do it in the past. Like like we've kind of said before, some of it will have to be the market incentivizing it, but internationally it is a, an open question. So hopefully we get our shit together. But Yeah. Oh, 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 I want to talk about 
uh, oh, we're so let's let's talk about this whole. I I haven't seen if it's in Bernie's because uh, he put out the his his version of the Green New Deal, right? They had some changes, some tweaks. Time frame was different. Uh, Kamala Harris pretty much made a statement that was like, yeah, something kind of like that a little bit. And Elizabeth Warren was like, me uh, too, because that's all she does. But uh, fucking Pocahontas. <laughs> she, she that her, I like how everyone was like, she's gonna be the front runner, and now she just like runs around behind people, and she's like, oh, I, I'm gonna do that too. Kamal Harris will be like, I'm gonna like erase racism, and then she, Elizabeth Warren's like, oh, oh, so why? Vote for me. I'm like, that's not how this works, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Elizabeth Warren. I just don't know that she's like the type of leader that we need right now. Like, I don't know. It, it's just a lot of, it's not very inspiring when you hear her try to talk about stuff. But at the same time, like she's been a good progressive champion in a lot of people's minds. And she's done a lot for like consumer rights protections and whatnot. But she, I, she's just, she's just not the one to be the front runner. I think in a lot of people's minds. So yeah, I, I think Bernie's, like if I had to make a bet right now, I bet Bernie's probably gonna win. I think uh, so. I think Kamala Harris is gonna get the nomination. Really? I, I hope not, dude. I think she is. I think people. Not well. The only reason I don't think she is, is because a lot of people are seeing her like a Clinton 2.0, and we went that route in 2016. The Democrats got whooped, and they know that it's not gonna appeal. And it's weird too, because. Kamala's kind of doing what Clinton did, where she'll offer some concessions to the progressive elements within the, the left, but not really wholly embrace it. And people on the left also know what her record looks like, and they're not gonna fall for that. Yeah, like they're prosecutor, probably, you're you're pretty much screwed on the left if you were a prosecutor. Yeah, well, <laughs> and just that she was the attorney general of California is that some of the stuff that she did, like, and some of the stuff she was okay with, was awful. Like the civil asset forfeiture, the three strike laws, like not laughing at someone asking if marijuana should be legal. Like, you are supposed to lead on those issues as a leader in the Democratic Party, and you're completely dropping the ball. Yeah. So, she's, I don't think she'll be the front runner. I, I really hope not. She seems to have the establishment backing, but. And well, if, if the last election has shown us anything, Bernie had an overwhelming support among oh. registered Democratic voters. He should have been the nominee, yeah. he probably would have won. He probably would have. The polls were great against Trump in a head-on-head. Uh, I think um, Bernie polled better against Trump than even other Republican candidates in the primary. And <laughs> yeah. better, certainly better than Clinton and O'Malley. Who was the other one? Jim Webb or whatever. He kind of dropped out early. But, um, if I have to pick between a Bernie and a Kamala Harris presidency, I'd pick a Bernie presidency. Yeah, 100%. I, Would you I, pick Trump? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If I just had to pick between those two, I'm not. I'm not doing Trump again. Yeah. Are you gonna, I'm not. Not. I yeah, I'm not doing Trump again. Fuck Trump. <laughs> even if you don't like Bernie's social policies, what I think, I think a lot of people on the right did support him for this reason and ended up voting Trump was that they thought that he would rebuke the establishment and actually shake things up and put a stop to corruption, which Trump, to his credit said he was going to do, but instead of draining the swamp, he kind of just filled it back up. Yeah. Yeah. 
don't know. I think Bernie says what he means, and hopefully, if he does get in office, can do something about those things at the very least. Like that'd be a good legacy to leave. Is like correcting things like gerrymandering and big money, dark money in politics, and like all the things that are just corrupting. And maybe he can fix healthcare. Who knows? Maybe he'll fix climate change. I have like, a big. From my perspective, it's worth the risk voting for him. I have a yeah. lot of issues with Bernie. Not even going to pretend like I don't. I, I don't. I think he, mm, he he's an establishment politician, but on the fringe, he is. Uh, he's call him establishment. He's pretty. He's he's he comes off like a hypocrite to me a lot, especially when he keeps you know like it. he keeps buying a fucking house every time he runs for election. And I'm like, he's like, eat the rich. And I'm like, OK, OK. Yeah, but he's not like fucking loaded. He's not like someone making over 10 million a year and like hides their taxes in the Cayman Islands he's, and shit. He's pretty damn close to that though, especially after his book came out. Like that. Okay. So if he, money. He, I don't have so an issue with him making him money. I don't have an issue with him making money. But do you think he wouldn't pay taxes just because he owns a second property or something? Like, is that the point? No, I just, like, I, I think he, he's, it's not like he, he can't like have wealth and criticize wealth at the same time. And he's not even that rich. Like I, I kind of don't, I kind of hate that argument. Like, Oh, he owns a beach house or whatever. Like, I don't have he's a problem a, with him owning a beach house. That's not the issue. The, the the issue is is that and then when he capitulated and said like Hillary Clinton like she's she's the girl and I'm like of course yeah. you're not gonna you're that not was, gonna endorse that Trump was but. bullet so to speak like because because also think about the fact that he's been an independent for years and he hasn't been a part of the Democratic establishment if he doesn't come out and support Hillary in 2016 he is going to be painted as the guy who made. Hillary lose, gave Trump the White House, and he still gets painted that way, even though he was flying around, admittedly on a private jet, to go support <laughs> in 2016. But it's like, I don't know. Like, there's yeah, only so much. supposed to do in that situation? The DNC yeah. screwed him. The, they did. I think they're going to screw him again. Probably. They're already trying to. The town hall, apparently, that they had recently was, like, rigged with people that were members of lobbyist groups and whatnot that were pretending to be it was it would say like former biology professor and didn't include that her current job is like a lobbyist in washington or whatever like what people are gonna find that shit out if they do the digging and people always do like, the digging. it makes you look bad it's they don't care though no, I mean, and that's why I think we're going to get Kamala Harris. I think Bernie's going to do fucking amazing. He's going to have two birds land on his podium this time. People are going to lose their goddamn <laughs> minds. Like, it's, it's you know, like, he's going to... Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah, we'll he, see. He'll stick his finger out and, like, you know, he'll sing us the the song of the the Bolshevik Revolution and, you know, all of the, the flocks of screaming <laughs> eagles. Yeah, <laughs> and you know everyone's gonna lose their fucking minds again. And you know what? Good on him. I, you know, good on him. I'm glad you could have somebody that you can get behind. And you know, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw fucking that bird land on Bernie's podium, I was like, "This is president of the United States of America right here." Like, this is over. Uh, now it's just gonna be a bald eagle that lands on his shoulder. Yeah. And hey, it, did you see the clip where Trump like got like the eagle? Almost, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happened? It like almost that was his fucking metaphor. finger off. Really? That's not a metaphor. Then I don't know what is. Right. <laughs> wow. I don't think we're gonna get a second Trump presidency, which means he's 
He'll I be, don't think so. He'll be the third. Trump loses. Or no, he's going to be the fourth president in U.S. history that ran for re-election and didn't make it. Fun fact. Really? He'll really? be one of the elites or the sub-elites. I don't know. Yeah, the... Who was it then? I don't know. I, I thought I was Jimmy Carter. Um, I had the list somewhere. I was looking up presidents because I made a joke. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but I was like, best president we've ever had in United States history was uh, what, whatever his fucking name was. But he was the guy who got the flu during his inauguration Garfield. speech. Yeah. Like Garfield? No, Garfield was alive. Was he? I don't remember what the guy's uh, name was. Not McKinley, right? McKinley, was McKinley the one who was assassinated? I think. Yeah, I had the name. I just made a post about it yesterday, but I was like, yeah. Zachary Taylor, maybe? Maybe. I was like, this guy is the best president in U.S. history. He was president <laughs> for like three days. Like, you know? know what? He died of the flu? Yeah, it was. Damn. I think it was the flu is what they said uh, killed him. Uh, yeah, he got like pneumonia or something like as soon as he took off. Oh, oh, he did an eight-hour inauguration speech in the pouring rain. Oh, God. Yeah, that's how, that's how he got sick. Damn. I was like, dude, like you went out with a bang, I guess. <laughs> Have you ever heard that uh, Teddy Roosevelt got shot during a speech and like finished the speech? Yeah. Really? The Bull Moose Party, man. Yeah, and then he like stumbled he, off the he, stage. And he took office because the former president got assassinated. Like yeah. he didn't give a well, wow, rough that's rider. crazy. The Bull Moose Party, man. He was up there talking about how tough he was, and then the guy shoots him, and it hit his pocketbook, and it, it almost caught the bullet when it burrowed into his chest, and then he pulls out the pocketbook and slams it on the podium, and he starts yeah. going on about how tough he is and how he needs to be the president, and then he, like, stumbles off. There's, like, a, a character of it uh, that was, <laughs> it was drawn at the time. And it was like him like falling over and like someone's grabbing him and they were like, you know, it was probably the worst moment of the whole thing, honestly. But, you know, he's lost. Then when I hear when I hear like Trump say shit like, oh, I would have run into the Parkland shooting. Stopped it if I could have. Like, you know, that. Yeah, get out of here. Right. Service wouldn't let you do that. And there'd be no scenario in which that'd be possible. Like, what a fucking. I don't know, like, it's just fake macho to even say something like Like, there's no way that you have a situation where you could stop that as president. Dude didn't even go to fucking Vietnam. Like, sir, <laughs> five to four or five deferments. Like, you're not, don't act like you're that guy. He'd probably, uh, he'd probably be a different man if, if he came back. That's for damn sure. Hopefully for better, but... Nom change people, dude. A little bit mm-hmm. of heroin around the campfire. Keep you, you know, keep you sane, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, yeah. Almost like Harry. And then I'm four. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I, what's a good way of putting this? You know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of most of, of the left's policies, but if someone came up to me like today and they were like from the Illuminati, and they, you know, appeared in my room and they're like all right man it's up to you like fuck your libertarian candidate no one cares about him it's donnie t or it's bernie or i really don't want to say kamala harris i really don't want to say because i think she has really bad implications for the u.s but um you know or you know even elizabeth warren let's say elizabeth warren it's like bernie and elizabeth warren i'd be like well I guess gave it to Bernie. You know, I mean, if you're gonna make me choose, you know, 
I think Bernie has aspects about him that, regardless of your political affiliation, you can appreciate, which I think is why, like him being an independent, I think is why he could go to Rust Belt states and different states that people ended up voting for Trump would have still voted for him uh, in the primary season. And he, he talks about the economic anxiety people um, that have been devastated by the trade deals we've had and the hollowing out of the manufacturing industry and whatnot. So, I don't know. I think in 2020, he could win. Yeah. One thing I think the... I, um... So one thing I think the left has the right criticism about, but I don't think has necessarily the right approach about is uh, income uh, outpacing or uh, how expenditures and expenses are outpacing income and have been for like the last 20 years. And uh, interestingly, I, I kind of made this correlation like out of nowhere. It's really not been the last 20 years. It's been like the last couple decades, but it was Pretty much like right when we got off the gold standard was when the when when Nixon took us off the gold standard was when we started seeing the rise. And, you know, to be honest, there's so many things that happened in that time period that I can't pinpoint exactly what it was that did it. What's up? Like stagflation and all that crap in the 70s and 80s. And yeah, exactly. You know, you got your your gas crisis. You got your your uh, bubbles and, you know, your all this crap and. You have more protectionist styles of running businesses now who are, you know, more concerned about accumulating wealth and retaining wealth than they necessarily are about the future of that wealth. And uh, I think that is an issue. That is an issue that the free market has had real problems fixing, and it doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. I guess the point I was trying to make was that in the left, a lot of people are noticing and a lot of politicians like Bernie are talking about how wealth has been concentrated, the top 1%. I'm sure you've heard that ad nauseum. On <laughs> 1%. Oh, the 1%. 1%. Like, all that <laughs> shit. Um, but it is true that like corporate profits are now at an all-time high. And are doing better than ever, probably largely because of things like the Bush era tax cuts and now the Trump tax cuts. And wages have stayed stagnant since the 70s for most people. And cost of living has gone up and all those things. And when you factor it all in, a lot of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and don't really have savings. So Bernie and a lot of others want to change the system in a way that upward economic mobility is a possibility because right now it's really not like a lot of people just stay stuck where they are and things like student loans even a lot of college graduates can barely get out of that hole i definitely feel their pain right now yeah, I so got, like, i got like a year and a half and i'm like sixteen thousand dollars in debt from that shit oh my god it's, it's rough and it, at times it feels like a scheme where like people are just getting richer off of things that you know, need to get, need to be done, like work that needs to be done, education that needs to be obtained and whatnot. People just get richer. And the, the, I don't know, the essential function of those things seems to be lost now. You go to college to get an education and get a good paying job and, you know, start saving. 
you get a, go to get a vocation, you get a trade, you start saving. And today's economy just doesn't reflect that at all for most people. And it's all well and good if you're, you know, making six figures and you don't have to worry about that, but you can't ignore the fact that people are dealing with that every day. And, like, how do you raise a family? How do you, you know, buy a new house? How do you do any of the things that Americans did 40, 50, 60 years ago without question? Like, it's just becoming harder. So I think the left is moving towards progressive vision where they're just trying to revamp the system completely, both in terms of stuff that we kind of agree on, like legalized corruption and like corporate PAC money and whatnot, and also just sense of economic justice too. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot to unpack when you look at stagnant wages. I I don't pretend like they don't exist by any means. Um, uh, Wage stagnation really hasn't, uh, doesn't really add up whenever you look at burgeoning sectors and especially in high demand sectors like tech, which is why if I'm smart, I'll go back to school and I'll get a tech degree, but I'm probably not going to do that. So, um, cause that's just, that's the industry that you just, you can't hire people fast enough. Everybody's wages have been pretty generally, uh, increasing at a, at a reasonable rate. And it's been, it's been a good, it's been a good industry to be in. Uh, so there are obviously exceptions to the rule, but, um, we also have a lot more low income or what are defined as low income earners than we've had in the past, which is definitely not helping our, uh, our, uh, you know, per capita, uh, income rates. And, uh, it's, you know, these are all factors that you have to consider, but yes, uh, you know, even the hundred thousand dollar earner that you're talking about, their wages should, you know, let's say they're making a hundred thousand dollars right now. If it were to reflect for, you know, if we look at the, a similar or same job 30 years ago, it should be probably closer to, you know, 120, $130,000 if it kept up with market forces. So I don't really have a, this is something I wrestle with, you know, I, this defense, you know, a couple other things are, are something that I don't really have an answer for in a laissez-faire system. I just kind of, unfortunately, the only thing I can really say is, is be nicer, you know, <laughs> treat your people fucking right. And, uh, you know, yeah. there's, you get to some potential arguments with the nap whenever you start talking about how, like, if, if someone produced a certain value and weren't appropriately compensated, there's like a property argument to be made there, but that's very esoteric. And it doesn't usually yeah. go places. Too, it's it's tough to answer that question. Like, how much is my labor worth? Yeah, exactly. Like, job value to add. You know, it's like we we came up with something the other day, and it was like you know, in in the modern medical sector, if like let's say you you were like a, a burgeoning young scientist, and you 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 worked really hard, and you came up with the cure for cancer and grape flavor, right? And, you know, you present it to your boss and you're like, oh, my God, I found the cure for cancer. And they're like, great. And then they hand you your paycheck and then they make billions off of their cure for cancer. And, uh, I'm, you know, you should probably be compensated for your <laughs> curing of cancer. I just don't see that happening today. Honestly, they'd be like, wow, thank you. The mega million dollar pharmaceutical company that I am appreciates you making us even richer. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you acknowledged earlier the element of like corporatism because i think that's kind of something the left worries about and could be why you're seeing people like bernie you know rising yeah corporatism is not capitalism it's not 
yeah, it's tough to have like a truly free market. It's it's an it's a it's a, a consequence of a of a misguided use of capitalism, just like cronyism and all the other forms of you know capitalism that no one likes. Uh, but it's not you know whenever someone sits down and says they like capitalism, they're not talking about or at least if they're a good person, they're not talking about cronyism, they're not talking about corporatism or any of this shit. So <laughs> it is weird in this country, like. This is more like the people you'd see on Fox News or whatever. They almost think of the free market like in religious term. It is sacrosanct that the pursuit of profit will be pursued, you know, where like any way is possible. And if you get in the way of that, then you're or you don't give a shit about America or whatever. And like, it needs to be more nuanced. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge free market fan. The market fucking provides. It has. It will continue to as long as we let it. Uh, I just uh, oh, I just have to read this comment. They said, John says, uh, homeboy looks like he's about to drop some commies out of a helicopter. You're going to Pinoche somebody? <laughs> drop some commies out of a helicopter. I don't know how to take that one. <laughs> you have a, you've never seen that? What's, what's the guy's full name? Uh, Pinoche is... is the dictator. Yeah, he's push the commie guy out of the helicopter yeah it's a it's a joke it's not really like an inside yeah (laughs) it's (laughs) obviously it's a nap violation so no one would do i'm trying to remember where it was from though i've heard that name though i don't know what country it was honestly i just have a couple gifs of it it was like argentina or chile or something (laughs) somewhere like that so yeah don't worry, I I'm no Pinochet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's it's quite the quite the interesting. Uh, it, it was just funny though. You were all sit back and you got your like arms tucked and you were just looking like you were ready to ready to drop someone out of a helicopter. Oh, that was me. Oh, oh, I thought he was talking about Derek. No, oh. Oh. <laughs> no, he said he like, you. Oh, oh, yeah, right. you were like all stuck back here. You got your arms oh, like. Yeah, he's doing the, fucking doing the uh, <laughs> get out of my country, commie. Say Bolshevik one more time. I, I swear to God, <laughs> I'll use that fucking sickle on your neck. You fuck. The hammer's the for the hammer. nuts. Yeah, the hammer's for the nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, he's yeah. I made this all in good fun. Yeah, I know you did, man. It's I I hundred percent understand. Um, it's I, I think I'm just tired and hungry, so I was kind of lost. I was like, hmm. Yeah, yeah we'll start Pinocchio, we'll start wrapping huh? up here. I just wanted to to throw out there that you know I'm I'm a huge free market fan. Market provides blah blah blah. Beep boop. Libertarian talking points. Um, so I'm not I'm not sitting here at all like we need socialism. Like no, sorry, it's gonna take a lot more convincing to get me there. But um, it's the uh, bad lines. The bad lines provide. God right? damn it! Don't even give, <laughs> even you have to be like, come on, come on. That was what? that was a bad moment for Bernie. That, that old quote of him where he's like, bread, bread lines, bread lines aren't that bad. It was taken out of context. I think the point he was making that is if people are starving than giving them bread better than doing nothing. But obviously you don't want a system where the state controls every industry and the free market is completely stifled and you don't have good access to goods and like things aren't allocated well. 
with their the resources. So. I think people think most guys are joking. Like he was actually like a communist, communist, not like oh, democratic socialism, communist. I don't he, think Bernie's ever been like his uh, his, his early years. Yeah, I mean he he was he was a communist. Well, so what he's advocating for right now is Russia was doing in the fifties. No, yeah, I, I totally get that. This is different. I a hundred percent understand. This is not communism. It's dim- it's socialism. There's there is right. a difference. I, I actually, but he I, was a communist. You know? I will I will say that him like hammering home the late democratic socialism. Well, I, I get what he's trying to do. Like he's trying to change the perception of what socialism in general even means. And I think that is a conversation that needed to be happened, especially considering the Red Scare and all of the BS that everyone believed about social programs, even when they lived in a country that's had the New Deal since the 40s, 30s. Even. Um, so at the same time, he doesn't need to like lean on that crutch all the time. Like it, he is still technically in favor of the free market in most cases. He's yeah. just advocating for social programs to fix elements of the free market that it don't get addressed that well. Real quick, I know you're a college student. We'll just go through this one real fast. Uh, well, actually, we'll start with you. I want to get your opinion on this. I don't think we talked about it yet. Free free school. Free school. Three, two, one, go. Uh, no, I think all schools should be banned. <laughs> and- Banned assault schools. Yep, and the only schools that should be allowed are dental schools because gingivitis is ruining our country. It's good. Vermin Super Twenty Twenty. Yes, I'm I'm Vermin Junior. Zombie energy, baby. Zombie energy. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets a horse. If if reincarnation is a thing, I hope he comes back as a genetically modified pony with a unicorn horn. Oh my so. god, that'd be fucking beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Take take it away. Give me give me your give me your like uh, five minute down and dirty on on education. Sure. Um, I guess the take I would have is that I'm not really opposed to the idea of like uh, free tuition at public universities, and obviously you can't do it at private. But it seems to be a progression we've had in education in the last couple centuries where. You've gone from only those who could afford it got education to it's a public good and she should be provided. And the extent of that got to the point where you get it through high school. Now we're in a position where the cost of a degree is way higher. And even the effectiveness of a degree for, you know, getting through the job market. It's all time low. Yeah, isn't as good as it used to be. So providing free college tuition to encourage uh, competition for young people trying to get jobs might be a good thing, and also lessening the debt that they're going to have afterwards. I'm not sure it's going to be the panacea for problems with education that we have now, but I do think it's it's done in, or at least proposed in the right intention. So. I don't know. I think it could be the next logical step for. Well, I, I think I'd feel more comfortable backing like a, just more funding for kids who clearly show the effort that like they deserve the money. Oh, yeah. Whereas like, cause 
especially me coming out of high school. Fuck, I wouldn't want me getting college for free. I'd fuck <laughs> off and just do drugs and try to but fuck as many college is, chicks as possible. Colleges and be as competitive as the people, right? Yeah. Like you're not getting into Harvard just because it's free tuition. Well, that's practice. that's not. You're not getting into UMass, which is becoming even more competitive with, uh, you know, without having good grades. True, true. So, it's I don't know. Yeah, I think it, I think it's just a good thing because the point of it is to make it so that when people get out of school, they don't have to pay six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred student loans. And I don't know. It seems like we're at the point where that is like stifling an entire generation. Like I know it's pretty classic to just shit on millennials, but it's not like we didn't have the worst economic recession since the Great Depression that we had to deal with. <laughs> so, you know. Um, Whether or not it's that's another question, but I still think it's a good idea. Yeah, just to just to go through mine, I mean, I, you know, I'm not for free school and uh, the ho- the college is a bubble. The bubble needs to burst. Um, I, I'm sorry. A lot of schools need to shut down. It's, it's, that's what needs to happen. Because we, what's going to happen is the bubble's going to burst and we're going to bail out a bunch of schools. And it's going to be like, whoa, how did this happen? And then they're going to come back and they're going to be just as expensive as ever. Um, it's a market correction. It will be because it is a bubble. It's not going to be like a crash of an industry. It'll be, it'll be a bubble that bursts just like the dot-com bubble was whenever like, what do you mean my website isn't worth $10,000? Like, you know, <laughs> there's nothing on it, but it's, it's internet space. Like, no, no, the market corrects. And, uh, uh, just to hit Jack's comment here real quick. He says he likes Germany system where they have like a built into their schooling program. They have like a vocational school. It's, it's not that effective, to be completely honest with you, it does make you job ready out the gate, which is good. But they actually have one of the only Western <coughs> European countries that has more laborers than they need. So it's 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 kind of actually the, an issue. We kind of do have an issue in the U.S., probably not the same as Germany, where it seems like we undervalue vocational education. Would you agree with that? Uh, I feel like is always on getting a bachelor's or a master's and just, you know, adding to a labor pool where the competition is already pretty fierce to get a well-paying job. So why not encourage people to get vocational jobs, which aren't going to be lost to automation? Um, yeah, that's and- <laughs> that's what we need to be doing. If we do this, we... I mean, as as nice as it might be to train someone to like, you know, do do some potentially automated job. Let's let's do more things that aren't in the you know the hot seat right now. But it's yeah. uh, just to add to the list of of things that everybody who's our age should do. Like, if you're going to school and you're already taking out debt, just get the fucking master's degree, man. Your bachelor's isn't going to be worth shit. So. <laughs> I've, I've seen right now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I, so my high school class just graduated from college this year or last year, I guess, technically when I got here. And, uh, not only does it suck being here and not having a degree when they all do, but, um, you know, I, I know quite a few unemployed college graduates now. And I was like, Holy shit, this is a problem. And they're like, I wish I would have stayed in and gotten my master's, but it's too late now. And I'm like, I'm going to learn from your mistake. So, especially since we get the hookup with the GI Bill. And- yeah, exactly. I got like seven years of free school with the GI Bill and with the Hazelwood Act. So, eh, you know, 
I'm going to use it. It's a little statist of me. Not very good libertarian, but you know. For you though. Hey, I consider it just paying me back for all the tax money that I was I was had stolen from me. So there you go. There um, you go. <laughs> yeah, it's so you know. I, again, uh, another unpopular opinion. Um, you know, I I'm not saying we have to close the Department of Education tomorrow and cut all funding to colleges. Or any, I don't think that's productive to do that in like a, what, a fail swoop. But I do think a market correction is necessary, and it'll drop the prices of degrees. And as degrees stop becoming uh, so uh, valuable, which they aren't anymore. We're going to, we're going to see a, a reaction in, in the populace. We already sort of are college uh, applications are already going down, even though we have a, a very large uh, base of upcoming students, you know, the last two, three years have not been good for college applications. And uh, if tuition keeps rising and college applications keep going down and nothing changes, the bubble bursts, people get laid off. Colleges go out of business, for-profit schools disappear, and then we just get back to having good schools at reasonable rates. So, <laughs> we'll see. I guess. Yeah. I hope they fought schools better for you know public education too, because I know there's been that debate over charter schools or in private schools and whatnot. But it seems like most people go through public education; it should be well funded. That's just my view. Even private schools, I mean, like, if, if, if Harvard doesn't get free tuition and you can go to a school that's almost as fucking good and, you know, get get your free schooling, I don't see that going over very well for Harvard. I know they, they, they still get some funding, so they're probably going to get a nice fat chunk of change, even if it's not yeah. free school, but... I don't think Harvard has to worry about attracting people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. True, well, true. Uh, yeah, so we'll go ahead and, and wrap it up here. Um, it was fantastic having you on, man. Uh, Brian, Derek, everybody in the chat, thank you for coming. Um, you, uh, this is what will probably be like episode 10 by the time I get to editing this or 11, something like that. Um, but if you guys haven't seen the show yet, uh, it's Liberty After Dark. You can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. If you name it, we're pretty much on it. SoundCloud, I, you know, Are you on, on MySpace? No, we're not on MySpace. Uh -huh. Sorry. Um, yeah, so we got a Facebook page. Like the Facebook page. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider and leave a five-star review. That'd be fantastic. I think we need like five more before it'll start posting what the reviews are. So I appreciate that. That helps people find the show and it makes it look better too. So uh, we can we can all grow this thing together and get more people on and have better content and all, all that jazz. So um, I don't think I really have anything else for you guys. So fantastic ending. Cool. Hail Satan. <laughs> Taxation is theft. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. We'll have to yeah, have you again on. sometime. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We'll yeah, talk about talking. the other 3,000 things we didn't get to this time. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll have a plethora of different uh, current events to talk about by then. Politics is never a dry topic. That's one thing I will say. It's probably what keeps me interested. It, it never gets yeah. stale. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all take it easy. It was fantastic uh, having you on again.